are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I wonder if there's been times in your life when you uh, were going through a very difficult situation, and you were tempted to wonder if God saw you, if God heard you, if God was concerned about you. And maybe I should rephrase the question to say, I wonder if anybody is going through a difficult situation and you're tempted to wonder today, does God hear me? Does God see me? Is God concerned about me and what I'm going through? I've been communicating with a person recently via email who cannot see God at work in his life. And he struggles to believe that God sees him, that God hears him, that God is concerned about him. And so I've been talking to him about focusing on living in relationship with God. We're going to be in the Old Testament today. And God said to the people of Israel, you'll be my people and I'll be your God. It's a relationship. And so instead of just focusing on, is God answering my prayers lately? It's a a relationship. I'm going to focus on honoring God and living to worship and serve Him and just trust that God is going to watch over me. It's what was modeled to me growing up. So I'm just going to be frank with you a minute and talk about my mother. Uh, My mother just kind of had this idea that um, her and God loved each other very much and they were always working on each other's behalf. It's just the way she approached life. And so many mornings as a little boy, I woke up to hearing my mother pray. She just lived in a relationship with the Lord. When I think about it, I believe she was really the first preacher in our family. Because always beside her chair was her Bible and other books that she studied to prepare for Sunday school. And I think my mother preached every Sunday all my life. I think I'm actually the second preacher in our family. But, but my mom just kind of lived in this relationship and, and just believed that her and God loved each other and they were always working toward the other's behalf. My mom lived by this conviction. If I'm praying about it, then God's working on it. Even if I can't see it, if I don't feel it, or maybe even if... Um, There is no evidence in front of me that says it. I still believe that in my waiting, God is working. Do you believe that if you're praying about it, God's working on it? Do you believe that in your waiting, God is working? So we're going to be with the people of Israel this morning. We come to the third chapter of the book of Exodus. I won't go into the long history of how they got there, but they are slaves. The people of Israel are slaves in Egypt to the Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. They are being treated harshly. And what happens in chapter 2 is that um, the scripture says it this way, that The Israelites groaned in their slavery, and they cried out 
And, and then chapter 2 says, God heard their groaning. God looked upon the Israelites and he was concerned about them. Now that's, that's a lot to say. That, that people were crying out and the God who created everything heard them. And he felt concern for them. Not only was God concerned, but Moses was concerned. Moses was a Hebrew, but he was raised by the Egyptians. Another long story, but he was raised by the daughter of Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. But one day he was out among the Hebrew people, and he saw how harshly they were being treated. One was being beaten by an Egyptian, and Moses killed the Egyptian, and he buried him in the sand. The fact that he had done so became public news. Pharaoh wanted to take his life, and so Moses got out of town. And he went to Midian, and there he, he married a woman, and he began to work for her father, and that became his life for 40 years. Uh, he just had this other life. Although he had lived as royalty among the Egyptian Pharaoh, now he is living out in Midian, and he's taking care of his uh, father-in-law's flock. But one day, he experiences a defining moment. It's huge. It's, it's everything. It's a calling on his life. Um, it, it's one of those moments that changed the trajectory of his life forever. It is a defining moment. But he also has within that defining moment another defining moment. And he comes to realize in that moment that God hears his people pray. And that even though we cannot see it, God is at work putting a plan together. Now this is huge. The Israelites had no idea that God was moving. But God was moving. Moses had no idea that God was hearing him pray and putting a plan together, but God was hearing him and putting a plan together. And it changes everything for the nation of Israel from that moment on. So, here's what I want you to walk away with. Here's what I want you to live with over the next several days and weeks, and maybe in a time when you really need it. Even though we can't see it, God is at work. It's back to a little 85-year-old woman who lives in Columbia, Kentucky, a small Kentucky town, who has lived all her life believing that if I'm praying about it, God's working on it. And in my waiting, God is working. Even when you can't see it, when you don't feel it, when there is no evidence in front of you, God is at work. So let me take you to the book of Exodus. Would you open your Bible with me to chapter 3? And I'll start reading with the first verse, and we'll read the first 10 verses, okay? Uh, we think that Moses is probably 80 years old at this point, and uh, this is how the story unfolds. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Do you know what Horeb is also called? Mount Sinai. 
Now, I'm going to read this next sentence, but I'm going to stay on the screen for a minute, and I'm going to talk about this next sentence, okay? There, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Now, when I say the angel of the Lord appeared to him, it's interesting because the angel speaks in the first person as God. I'm going to read to you in, in a moment where this angel says, I am the God of your father. And so when we, when we see angels other times, like when Gabriel appears to Mary in the New Testament, I am Gabriel, I have been sent, this has a different tone. The angel appears in the burning bush and says, I am God. Later he says, I am who I am. Um, often a flame in the Bible, the Old Testament, represents the presence of God. So I, I won't keep belaboring the point, but I think you see what I'm trying to say. This is amazing what is taking place here. You, you might ask yourself, where is Jesus in all of this? You're preaching today from the Old Testament. Are we not going to talk about Jesus today? When you read John chapter 1 in the Gospels, John begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word. We know that he was talking about Jesus. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And so Jesus is with God. Jesus is God. Jesus comes to Moses in this burning bush. And I just, I'm not going to belabor the point, I promise you, but I have to just talk to you a minute about the fact that God appeared when His people needed rescued. This is the most like God that God will ever be. And the parallels that we find when God comes to us in the form of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's so similar to what happens now. God shows up when God's people need rescued. And so we love to talk about the incarnation, how God comes to earth in Jesus Christ. You understand God comes to the people of Israel. God comes to Moses in Jesus here. So I'll read that sentence to you again. Maybe it will have more meaning. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. So Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Why, why, why slip off your sandals? It's, it's, it's humility. It's I'm standing here in the presence of God. Just a, a, a mini sermon. When we come together as a community to worship I think this is the posture and the attitude that we should take. I find myself too often trying to make sure I know what my next thing to do in the service is, and I feel like prepare yourself.
before you get in the room so when you come into the presence of God. If I stood in the presence of an important person in our world today, I would be very attentive. I, I would show respect. I would act in humility. And so this is not just we're going to sing some songs. You know, I think when we kneel, we show respect. I think when we bow our heads, we express humility to God. I'll get off of it, but you know what I'm saying. Then he said, I am the God of your father. Some manuscripts contemplate whether the intention is fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Amen. I have a friend whose name is Doug Boquist. He's a pastor. He pastors in Ohio. And uh, he sent me this photograph, and that's what it is. It's a photograph on a, on a canvas. Um, I, I know that you can't see it here well, but I wanted it to be with me through the sermon. And so um, just to give you a little closer look, maybe this would help. Doug said uh, this photograph means a lot to him, and it's come to mean a lot to me. When I received it in the mail, frankly, I was just kind of surprised at uh, his generosity and his thinking of me, but it, it means the world to me today. He said it's actually a photograph that is not had anything done to it. I've done nothing to the photograph. He says, what I did actually was I, I put my camera on a tripod. But this time I left the shutter open for 30 seconds, allowing the camera to gather more light than our eyes can. And this is the outcome. And he said, I think it's a metaphor in our lives. He said, we can't sometimes see what is actually present. We just can't see. So in this instance of the photograph, just because I cannot see the magnific magnificence of the heavens with, with my human eye, it doesn't mean that they are more beautiful than we can imagine. And so it is with God. Although we can't always see what God is doing, be sure of this, God is up to something. And it is in times like those that we trust. Even though we cannot see and we do not understand. Here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you. When we can't see what God is doing 
Or maybe we don't, we don't feel in our hearts that God is actually moving. We don't understand why things are happening. And there's no evidence at all in front of us that says God is at work. It's in those moments that we are tempted to not believe. That's the story of the Israelites. So although if I would have kept reading and gotten to verse 16 and 19 through 19, you would have, you would have heard Moses saying to the Israelites, Hey, <laughs> I've got some really good news, everybody. Guess what? Um, I have been in the presence of God, and God told me that He has seen what's happening to you, and God has made a promise that He's going to deliver you. Isn't this great news? But the narrative that continues in verses like 6, 9, and although Moses reported this to them, they would not listen to him. Why? Because of their discouragement? And the harsh slave labor they were under. We don't see anything happening. There's no evidence at all that God is at work. I can't see God moving. So Moses, I don't believe that there is anything to what you're saying. See, when we, when we can't see that God is at work, we are tempted to not believe. And we're tempted to wonder if maybe I'm just, just kind of bouncing around through life. And there is no rhyme or reason. And there is no real help. And there is no purpose. And there is no God to watch over me and lead me through. So, I, I believe that this is, this is true. Neither our circumstances, nor our feelings, are reliable indicators of what God is up to in our lives. What may be happening to me today, or what may not be happening to me today, or what I may be feeling or not feeling today is probably not any kind of reliable indicator whatsoever of what God is up to in my life. And the reason I say that is because I can only see what I can see. You say, that's really deep. I know. But I can't see what I can't see. Let me, let me, let me see if I can make that a little more clear to you, okay? This is what we see. We see them all the time. We see them everywhere we drive, everywhere we go. We look outside. This is what we see. But this is what we can't see. But it's there. And the fact that I can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. There is life. And there is nourishment, and there is support, and there is strength, all happening at a place that I can't see it. 
But that doesn't mean it's not happening because I can't see it. It's there. And it's happening. Every day. And so I want to take you back to a few words that I think might encourage you, okay? It's these words. The Lord said, Moses, I want you to know something. I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So just as much as, as much as God will ever be God when He comes to us, when He shows up, this is also as much as God will ever be God and as much as Jesus will ever be Jesus. And, and I suppose if there's a goal today in my heart, but also understand that God has other goals. It's, it's always interesting to me when I preach a sermon on Sunday morning and, uh, and I feel like I've said one thing and I've said it really clear and I've said it really well, you know, and I stand in the foyer and somebody says, oh, Pastor Rick, you don't know how bad I needed to hear you say this morning. And they say something I didn't even intend or think of, you know. And, and, I, and I don't believe that that's just completely accidental. I think the Holy Spirit speaks. But if there's a goal that I have for you this morning, it's that you would know this in your heart. That you would walk out this door today and you would know this in your heart. That it would be a defining moment for you if you've been doubting. That you would say, I don't doubt any longer. God sees you. God hears you. God is concerned about you. I want you to walk away today saying, God sees me. God hears me. God's concerned about me. If I'm praying, God's working on it. In my waiting, God is working. And so what happens? God says, I've come down to rescue them. And to bring them out of that land and into a good and gracious land. And what that tells me is that God is not only going to deliver them, but He has a plan for the future. So I, 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 can't, I can't just act as if this isn't real. I can't avoid the elephant in the room because I believe that there are people sitting in front of me and I believe there are people who are watching online who are dealing with some stuff and they're, they're saying, and there's been times in my life when I've been in this position, um, this is so good, Rick. I, I hear you. Even when we can't see it, God is at work. Um, you know, I, I, I love this. Um, if I'm praying about it, God's working on it. In my waiting, God is working. Um, God sees me. God hears me. God's concerned about me. And when I think about the way this story turns out for the people of Israel, it's great. God rescues them. He has a plan for the future. He's going to give them this new land. It's, it's all good. But, Pastor Rick, things did not end so well at our house.
It just didn't work out like that for us. We prayed. Maybe we even believed that God uh, saw us and heard us and was concerned about us. And it even seemed along the way that God showed up. But the ending was pretty harsh. It was rough. We didn't get the deliverance that we prayed for. So I would say a few things to you. One thing I would say is that uh, I'm sorry. I know your pain is real, and uh, I was there for many of you over these last nine years. I watched you walk that road. The second thing I would say is that your story is not over. And God is still writing your story, and He will be until you get to heaven. <clears throat> I think the other thing that I would say to you is that um, as a pastor, I would never pretend that I would just explain away the mysteries of God. I'm not an answer man. And, and I'm not going to just say to you that I, I can explain the providence of God, but I, I can't. I don't know why some families face such struggles and other families seems to go through life unscathed. I don't know why some people are healed of diseases and other people die with them. There's so much I don't know. But here's what I do know. And that is that God sees us. And God hears us. And God is concerned about us. And He comes to us. That's God. As we have come to know Him in the person of Jesus. And so this morning, what we are about to do, I think has more meaning to me than some other times it has. We, we've placed right under your armrest a, um, an upgraded form of the elements. I think they're much easier to deal with and um, maybe a little better flavor. And so if you'll take the elements now and if you'll take the bread. <clears throat> Jesus was with his disciples and he gave them the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. I think this morning as we eat the bread and as we drink of the cup, 
we celebrate the fact that God has come to us. The presence of Jesus is here. And I think in the celebration of his presence, we also pray for grace to know deep in our hearts that God sees us and that he hears us and that he is concerned about us. And so receive his grace this morning and celebrate his presence as we eat together. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for the ransom of many. Drink it, all of you. Father, we are so grateful in our hearts this morning that you come to us. And the greatest demonstration was in the person of Jesus. That you see us and that you hear us and that you're concerned for us. Let this truth settle deep in our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? You know, it's always appropriate to come and pray. Let's sing together. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.